Thanks for joining us on Sample Radio. Zach Milbank here, and with me today is one of the absolute champions of the Sandful Statewide Super League, South Adelaide's Joel Cross, who will reach his 200th Statewide Super League game when the Panthers take on Nord on the holiday Monday at Flinders University Stadium. Crossy, congratulations from all here at Sandful. Uh, what will it mean to you? Oh, thanks, Zach. Um, it's, a bit of a, it's a bit surreal at the moment, sort of just letting it all sink in um, more than anything else. So it's really nice. Um, you sort of move over here from Victoria and expect to be here for 12 months or two years, and I fell in love with the place. So um, South Australia is an amazing um, place to live, and it's been great to me, and South Adelaide's been particularly amazing for me. I was going to ask you that straight off the bat. Obviously, uh, you'd played with the Box Hill Hawks and then had that season at Scoresby uh, in the Victorian sort of amateur scene. Um, uh, so your initial plan was just to stay for that 12 months um, when Neil Sharp came across and tapped you on the shoulder? Yeah, just sort of have a look at it and see um, see if I enjoyed it. I probably had a little bit of a, um, a desire to try it again after things probably didn't work out at Box Hill um, the way I'd hoped and there was a lot of uh, AFL involvement there as there still is. So mm. um, coming over here gave a bit of a, fl- a fresh start and a um, clean slate and the um, SNFL is an amazing competition, and I've loved uh, every moment of it. Most definitely. Uh, how did the actual recruitment come about to wind back the clock and um, tell us about how Sharpie got hold of you? Um, it was a long time, as uh, 12 years ago, 12, 13 years ago now, but I'd finished up at Box Hill, and back then there was a transfer fee amongst state league clubs, so I would have attracted a transfer fee, but I'd left Box Hill and went to Scoresby. So Neil sort of saw that as an opportunity and um, said, play a year at Scoresby and then come over to South. But I was actually backpacking through London at the time. Okay. So I got a, uh, got a, a, a Facebook inbox from Neil Sharp, um, sort of, well, I was in a, uh, in a London pub actually, so it's a bit different these days. Everyone seems to have a bit of a, a manager or something else. I think that was probably... Bit of an old school recruitment technique from Neil. Eh? <laughs> How well we we know he's crafty and he's certainly yeah, he's crafty. worked wonders with recruitment over the years. That's for sure. Yeah, he has. Um, so then you arrive and round one straight into the league team. 2011 against the Eagles. You have a narrow loss, but you're in the best players. Uh, what are your memories from that debut game? Uh, I started. Started back, started at, at halfback or in the back pocket on Chris Hall, actually. He's closing in on 200 as well. So uh, it was a long time ago now, but I remember playing on Chris Hall first up. I remember he just came off the Frio list and he was, uh, there's a fair bit of um, uh, tout about him. He is. He's been an amazing footballer for a very long time, Chris. So it was great to sort of play on him for the first time and then for the next 11 years sort of play against him, which has mm-hmm. been um, a lot of fun. And you ended up playing finals in that first year, won your elimination against Glenelg, uh, then lost the first semi against uh, Woodville West Torrens, who ended up going to win the premiership um, that year, as we know. But um, I guess you probably thought, uh, and perhaps being a bit younger, that um, finals would roll up every season. Yeah, I probably wasn't. I probably got used to it through um, the Box Hill years and Scoresby, so... I probably did have that expectation and I probably didn't understand coming over here how difficult it was to play finals and to be successful. Uh, I was a bit naive in a lot of ways about South's history and about um, the difficulties that we had with our junior program at that time um, and the direction of the club. So I was certainly naive. Uh, I probably thought that it was going to keep rolling and we'd have that success because we did have a very strong list. But yeah. um, in retrospect, looking back, it was a, it was going to be a long slog, but it's something that I've really enjoyed and um, had a, I think we've had a lot of success as a club moving from 
Um, probably a club who was not not a basket case, but probably a club who weren't as respected as they are now. But after 11 years of us all fighting and probably a dozen or 20 of us really really knuckling down and um, making sure we have that development, I think it's been an amazing success story over the last yeah 12 12 years. In 2014, a um, bit of a flashpoint when you made it all the way to the prelim final. Obviously, narrow loss to Port Adelaide in that game. Um, that was a memorable run under Brad Gotch. Yeah, it was. It was amazing. We had we had some really uh, terrific footballers back then, and um, when Brad came on, everyone was just craving that um, direction and that coaching, um, the, the, the nuance that he had and the experience that he had. And he came on and took us in a completely different direction, um, changed the culture, changed everything about us. And mm. a lot of the development we have today um, is a credit to Brad and what he's done. So I'm sure that Westies fans are um, probably have a level of frustration at, at, at the win-loss at the moment. But trust me, they'll be going in the right direction in no time because Gotchi is a super coach. And the development that we've had um, is in no short part due to his work over that time. Most definitely. And then, uh, obviously, uh, um, things didn't quite pan out for you as a team under Gotchi. Um, and then um, Jared Wright, obviously, they had a year with Buddha Hocking there. And then Jared Wright came on board. And it feels like Wrighty in particular for you, Crossy, I don't know, just from the outside looking in, looks like he's really freshened you up as a person and a player and sort of released a bit of the pressure off you and um, playing a bit more of that sort of half forward and then pinch hit in the midfield type role? Yeah, I think um, the three coaches I've had, Gotchi, um, Buddha and Wolf, have all been really different but have all been incredible. I wouldn't be able to split them in terms of who I've enjoyed more as a coach because they've all given me so many different things. Yeah. Um, but I think I think Wolf probably challenged me the most um, and Wolf probably... Um, when I was... I mean, Wolf... Wolf um, has been incredible for me on a personal level as well. So I mean, he's pushed me really hard uh, as a footballer, which has been, which is how I respond best. And so he knew that that was going to get the best out of me because he had me under. When Gotchi was there, he was the midfield coach. He knew how to get the best out of me. He knew that pushing me hard was the most. But mm-hmm. that's not our relationship from a personal level. On a personal level, he's an exceptionally caring man and someone who's looked after me when he knows that I need a hug. And so yeah. that element of things um, is where got is where Bush exceptional. And um, he has pushed me very hard. And as I'm sure you can see looking at it, he has pushed me hard. But um, from a personal level, we're still very, very close um, and good friends. So when you say he's pushed you hard, in, in what sort of can you sort of detail that a little bit more, Crossy? What in what respect? He's just sort of he's just opened me up to a lot of other things. He sort of said, these are the ways you have to run, and these are the patterns you've got to do. And I guess probably there were elements of there were time when um, when when Gotchi and Buddha probably just sort of let it go and said, oh well, we'll just we'll take the good with the bad with Crossy to an extent and let him do what he wants. But Buff probably yeah. said, no, no, we have to focus on all of these elements. We have to get this element of your game in and. We need, you know, there are a lot of developing mids coming through and we don't need you to be the midfield anymore. We need you to play half forward and we need you to do this for the club and for the team and make sure that I was pushing the right directions and was doing things. I understood why he was doing all these things, but he pushed me in the direction because, but then was very good at explaining why we needed to do it. We needed to get people like Ben Heaslip through the midfield who's taken off in the last 24 months probably. But yeah. me staying in the midfield probably would have stunted his growth. So mm-hmm. Wolf was very clear around, you know, you're not doing. You need to do these things better. You need to go as a forward. You need to be a pressure forward and do all these sort of elements of things because we need. You know, Ben Heast yeah. coming through and developing as the next player because you're not yeah. going to be here forever. Sure, sure. So taking a bit more of that, not just your sole individual point of view, but a club mentality, obviously. Yeah, so. 
Absolutely. Uh, you mentioned there that um, he obviously uh, was great for you on a personal level and, and particularly when you needed a hug, and I guess there was no better time than that um, that early part or the sort of May period of 2018 when your father, Mark, passed away, sadly, and it, it was a tough time for you, wasn't it, Crossy? And you sort of came home and went on personal leave for a, a period of time. Just detail to us how tough that was for you and did you even consider sort of hanging up the boots at that point? Yes, yeah, so I was. It was really hard for me. Zach. It was a really, really hard time for um, myself, my family, and probably in the last. Uh, it's probably only come. It's probably only got to a point in the last twelve months where I've really accepted that and moved on, and got to a point where um, you can you can really talk about it openly and happily, and try and share and help people through it. Um, mm. It was really dark. It was a very, very dark time for myself, and my family. But um, I was dad was best mate. I spoke mm. to him pretty much every day. We had all those other elements of things and he was a huge influence on my football and I think I've said before like I cried on the way every single game for the rest of that season but yeah. the support of my friends and my family helped me get through that time so much and then the I guess the, the positive element out of all of that was eventually um, we lost a friend of ours Alex Riccio at the start of COVID mm. and we were all pretty broken and we, we had we had we were really struggling it was leading into round one but I think I was able to leverage a lot of what I'd learnt from my father's passing and sort of help out everyone else coming through that time. Okay. And I remember, I remember we were, we were broken. We played Eagles around one. And we had the funeral that day, and um, that, sorry, that during that week, and, and and we all came out and we were just so enthusiastic, and and we are able to play for Alex. And as much as we we're all hurting, mm. I felt as if I was able to take a really positive influence out of what had happened there and help people like Tyson Brown who hadn't gone through that before and was very close with Alex but mm. they were able to mentor him to an extent through that and that's a really positive experience something that I learned through through my father's passing and something that I, I hope I can continue to take on in the future. Yeah, it's tremendous and certainly uh, a real indication as to why um, I guess you're outstanding leader at the footy club and obviously captain and co-captain but um, now you don't have the title next to your name but you're certainly no doubt um, leading um, by example. Um, with the captaincy this year was it just a matter of you just wanted to step aside and, and let some of that leadership evolve with some of the other guys? It was. It was, it was a lot to do with that but I also felt um, Matt, uh, Rosie was the best captain. Mm -hmm. He was he, he was at a point where he was an outstanding captain. He deserved to do it by himself but he hurt himself during um, during 2020, and I basically did the the on-field role by myself, and I felt he deserved that as well. Mm -hmm. So um, he deserved to have the opportunity to be to be the sole leader on the field, and unfortunately, he's hurt his shoulder again. And now, and now, a few more step up, which is the two vice captains, which is Matt Broadbent and Jake Summon, but those two will do an incredible job as well. So yeah. the, the plethora of leaders we have down there is mm -hmm. a tribute to the culture that we have. Um, and, and the, the ability for us to work through these scenarios over time and have really great... I mean, we, we, got, we were at a point a long time ago where we probably were struggling to recruit people in, but we went out and got um, people like Jake Summon, Matt Rose and Tom Whittlesey and Anthony Beamans and these guys who weren't necessarily star recruits um, in the eyes of, I guess, yes, NFL, but the culture that they brought and the development they brought through um, is second to none. And the only reason we can go and get Matt Broadbent and... Bryce Gibbs now is because we've had the culture of these other people coming through and who are incredible clubmen who have come through the club and developed that through to give them the best opportunity to come in and, and fit in an environment which they're positive and they're happy about and their family loves and they love playing football. So that's probably the thing that we've done and um, 
for the leaders we've got now, I have no doubt I'll step up with Rosie gone now. Yeah, most definitely. And it's exciting times from a club point of view, isn't it? Given you, I guess, prelim final last year in 2020. And, um, yeah, very unlucky not to quite get to the last dance. And that's where you're trying to get that one more step on from the prelim. And 2021, you're set nicely with a really strong squad and, and, and the boys playing good footy. Yeah, it is. It's going really well at the moment. Um, the young guys are playing their role. It's just a matter of everyone... Um, getting themselves right and peaking at the right time of the year. As we, as we know, it's, it's important to, to get the wins now and bank the wins now because um, the end of the year, you've got to place yourself and play your best foot in September. So hopefully we can get um, that continual organic growth from our, our young guys coming through and, and eventually um, really challenging finals. I mean, it was pretty devastating last year, but um, the Eagles are a very good side and mm. we, um, we feel as if we've, we've improved. Uh, the whole competition, I think, has improved because there have been so many amazing recruits come in. But if we can just keep improving and, and get to that point again, I'm, I'm sure we can end up from the experience that was last year. Uh, Jill McGarry medalist, of course, four-time Nucky Cup winner. Jill Shearman medalist, four-time state representation uh, Advertiser Team of the Year selection on six occasions. Uh, the list goes on and on. Crossy, uh, what's probably your most valued individual award? Oh, it's a hard one, I guess. That um, an individual, yeah. You don't play for individual awards, but I, I guess they're, they're not—they're nice when they come along. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I guess. Look, the McGarry medals are, very, are not then they're, they're lovely. I mean, I, yeah. as I said, I don't play for them and. Um, there's no, I haven't really thought about them a huge amount. You don't think about them from time to time, but they're just, they're nice to have, and they're nice for the family. They're probably nicer for the family and for the club. Um, they're, it's great to have that that achievement for um, for mum and my grandma, and to justify, I guess, the move, and for them to to be happy and to be. Um, to feel as if I'm enjoying myself over here, but yeah, yeah, I feel quite awkward talking about the individuality of things. But it's, it's. I guess it's just. Um, it's my 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 mantra as a footballer has always been to have the club first and make sure that everyone else is going going the best they can possibly be going. You can certainly sense that hesitancy in your voice, which is naturally your way. But uh, talking on the team side of things, um, what would it mean for you to uh, be a part of a South Adelaide Premiership team, given, as you touched on earlier in the interview, just how difficult uh, the club has found it in um, winning that ultimate prize? Oh, it's everything. It's, like it's justification for all the work we've done over such a long time. Um, it's, yeah, I think... Um, it's, it, would, it would just be the ultimate for us. All the people who, who I know that it would impact. I, you spend 11 years at a club and you realise how much this means to so many people. Um, so it's, it's not about any individual. It's all about the club and it's about the guys who come and make who come and make soup once a month, all the past players, and it's about the strappers and it's about um, the supporters, the boards after cheer squad. It's about everyone. So yeah. to, to, win, to win the premiership at South, break a, a huge drought is, is something that, um, keeps motivating me to play and keeps motivating um, I'm sure the vast majority of the people around the club to keep coming back and keep fighting for, um, for what we believe in and fight that I, I hope we're fighting the right battle and doing the right things by everyone else. And the next step towards that is against the Redlegs on the holiday Monday at Flinders mm -hmm. University Stadium. Um, Going to be a cracking game because they certainly took it up to Glenelg in a remarkable uh, game of footy out there at the parade on Sunday. They did, and they're they're a terrific side. Um, we they showed us up certainly at the parade on a Friday night earlier in the year. So they've got some amazing footballers, and um, I hope that we can uh, have a really good game out there on Monday. And it would be great to get a win. Um, yeah, it'd be really wonderful to get a win actually on the uh, on the milestone game. You got some family coming across. 
Uh, they can't, unfortunately. Unfortunately, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, I think it was a bit of a sad one. <laughs> I think about twenty or twenty-five of people were coming over, oh, but they all yeah. they all sort of uh, got stuck in. Um, there's one one per- my grandma escaped. My grandma actually ended up. She went up to visit her, her daughter, my auntie, about six weeks ago in Darwin, mm-hmm. and so she's escaped everything, and so she can duck down and um, come to the game. So she's she's pretty chuffed with herself, and uh, she'll be strutting around like she owns a place on on Monday. Excellent. Well, the rest will have to tune into the Sample Digital Pass. That's for sure. Exactly right. <laughs> well, Crossy, thank you very much for your time on Sample Radio. We do appreciate that, and from all of us here at Sample, congratulations on reaching the Sample 200 Club. It's a wonderful honour for you, Player Life membership, and uh, can all the best uh, for the milestone game against the Redlegs and for the rest of the season. Thanks, Zach. Thank you very much.